As I'm sure I don't need to tell you, Mother's Day is not a happy day for everyone. For those who have lost a child, long to be a mother, lost their mother or estranged from their mother, it can be a tough day to get through. One in eight women experience difficulty getting pregnant. The pain of that loss can be nearly unbearable on a day that celebrates the bond between mother and child. So today I invited two guests to share some coping strategies that have worked for them on their fertility journey. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, author, and mind-body coach. And several years ago, I self-hacked my mind and my body to lose 30 pounds. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and weight loss habits, you'll also learn how to address the destructive habits and negative self-talk that lead to overeating and battles with your weight. The secret to losing weight and keeping it off is not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Joining us today, we have Angela McNally. Angela is a business and lifestyle coach whose teachings are equal parts practical and spiritual. She's a wellness expert and a certified meditation teacher and has worked as a coach and in the online space in many capacities for more than a decade. Her deepest passion is working with women across the world as a coach, helping them to create a business and life of their dreams. She's best known for her vulnerable and deeply truthful story telling her, telling on her social media, blog, weekly IGTV show, and most recently, her podcast. In November, she launched the Just Like You podcast with her husband. The show explores the stories of those that are doing amazing things in business and life, but from the beginning. The show debuted at number five on iTunes and top podcasts in both business and self-development. You can learn more about Angela and the ways you can work with her by visiting her website at AngelaMcNally.com. And I'll also link to her in the show notes as well. Welcome to the Mind Your Body show, Angela. It's so great to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Trudy. Angela is an amazing woman that I met how long ago now? Maybe a year and a half ago, I think. I, you know, I was just thinking about that since we reconnected uh, so that I could be on your podcast. And I don't even know, time feels on fast forward and so slow all at once. <laughs> right, right. But it was just one of those things like when you meet somebody and you instantly connect with them. And that's what happened with Angela. And I'm just so glad that she's in my world. I'm so happy that she's on this podcast um, to share some of her coping strategies with you. So Angela was very open and transparent about her journey along with her husband, her fertility journey on her podcast, the Just Like You podcast. Um, but Angela, I believe just, you know, to keep people, you know, in the loop here in terms of your journey, I believe you've had what, is it six miscarriages? Six miscarriages um, over the last three years. Wow. Uh, I was just thinking about this before we came on today. You know, I was reviewing the questions you had sent me and thinking about Mother's Day coming up. And our first miscarriage was actually on Mother's Day three oh, years ago. God. No. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, there's a whole story behind it. And I know you mentioned just in this little intro that we do have a podcast and we have an episode, it's episode 14, that talks about the entire journey. So if someone were to be interested and wanted to hear the navigation of six uh, miscarriages, you can definitely tune in and listen to it there on the Just Like You podcast. Yeah, it was such a powerful episode. So I highly recommend that you guys head over to Angela's podcast and check that episode out. So Angela, what is your message to those women who are struggling with infertility and loss on Mother's Day? Ah, first of all, I'm so sorry. And my heart goes out to you. And I'm also in the same boat as you. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I deeply like meet you exactly where you are. And you know, I think Mother's Day and Father's Day, they're all, I find all the holidays hard, truthfully. Yeah. Um, I always have. Yeah. Uh, and I, I actually find that as the time passes, they get more and more difficult because we put these really unrealistic timelines on ourselves of like, by next Mother's Day, I'll have my baby or by next right. Christmas, right? And I think... So as the time passes and we realize these unrealistic expectations because... And why I say unrealistic is not because your baby is not on the way everyone listening, it is, but we don't pick the time. Mm. No, we're not, we're not father time. We're not God universe. 
whatever you believe in, we don't get to choose. And, and, you know, there's always a bigger purpose, um, for how things are going to unfold. And so first of all, my message, she was just, I'm sorry, uh, that it, I understand how difficult it can be and just really make sure to set your own boundaries on mother's day to really find ways that you can love yourself up. I know we're going to get into some coping mechanisms next, but, you know, being really, really careful about what media you intake that day. Right. Right. So important. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about that. What are some self-help tips for those that are struggling with infertility and, and loss on Mother's Day? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's so hard to not say I'm sorry and then get right into it. Right. Because yeah. so, so often it's sort of like, I'm sorry. And here's, you know, how I'm dealing with it, which every, first of all, every story, uh, journey is unique, you know? Mm -hmm. And so some people Mm -hmm. have young children that are nieces and nephews and you have like, not no choice, but a lot less choice to set distance, uh, in between you. Um, for me, I've like had to set a really strong boundary. All of my childhood girlfriends are like dripping in babies. And <laughs> you and me both. it was, yeah. And it, yeah. it just from a mental health perspective was really difficult for me to be in the group chats where like, you know, the sonogram pictures are being sent or the newborn pictures. Like it just was literally my biggest pain being delivered to the palm of my hand. Mm. And so I had to set a boundary a while ago, which is really hard because I love my friends so much and I want to I want to be where they are. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sad. I'm mourning. I'm jealous. I'm, I'm all those regular human feelings. Um, so that boundary was set a while ago. The boundary that comes in around a holiday, particularly Mother's Day, or you know, for the guys listening, Mother's Day, Father's Day, for me and Anthony, my husband, it's both. Um, is you log off the internet mm. for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and I, I would actually say, particularly over these uncertain times that we're experiencing right now with quarantine and self-isolation, people are, it, it, there's so much beautiful connection happening um, with families at home. And mm-hmm. I think that maybe the Mother's Day crafts and all those sort of things, whatever it is going to be, is might show up a little bit stronger for a little bit more next week. And so to just be really mindful of the media. Yeah. that you're taking in and either completely log offline or use the magical mute button. Mm-hmm. And just that is like the number one tool. I think like, um, first of all, you have to just be so careful what you're taking in because right. it's, it's not that you are not, and I want to be really clear here. It's not that we're not happy for other people. We would never wish what we're experiencing on others, right? Mm-hmm. We are happy that people are not experiencing what we are experiencing, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. And we're not the natural root of comparing ourselves. Like that is the human right. experience, right? And right. so to limit that as much as possible from a mental health perspective, a heart healing perspective, we're also like in such an interesting time right now where if you have experienced miscarriage or loss or have issues becoming pregnant, probably feeling that like 10 times more right now because Absolutely. the world and emotions are, you know, anyone you interact with right now that has like what would regularly be a 2% problem mm-hmm. is now 200% problem. Like right. everything is amplified. And so you're going to mm-hmm. be experiencing those same emotions. Exactly. Now, next, I mean, um, it, it really depends on the person's journey. If you've experienced loss, uh, like myself, um, we really like to honor our soul babies, uh, the babies that are no longer with us or, you know, in our mind, I know everybody has their own way of attaching to those souls and babies. One of the most beautiful things that was ever said to me that gave my soul the biggest, aha, uh-huh, yes, that's it was, um, and I talk about this a lot in the podcast from ours, um, was the, the soul is the same soul coming back again, pushing oh, you to where you're meant to be. You did mention that. Yeah, it's, and it's beautiful. So it was someone in like my spiritual community sort of, you know, gave me that piece of information. And there are lots of different beliefs. So someone listening might be like, oh, this is not, this is not what I believe. I believe mm-hmm. I have six different souls mm-hmm. or, and that's okay. But for me, hearing that was a big yes um, in my heart. I just knew mm-hmm. like, oh, my life has changed so much in the last three years and that makes so much sense. And right. the further I go forward, uh, with life and, and, and 
you know, navigating this pain and changing on such a cellular level because of this experience, I will become the person that's meant to align with that soul. Mm. And so, um, and so whatever you believe, if it's multiple souls or, um, just for me, I believe it's the same soul coming back. It doesn't matter who, whatever loss you've had, or if you haven't been able to get pregnant, but you know that your baby is on the way, um, to connect with it, um, mm. him or her. And just, you know, like simple things like holding your hands on your uterus and just sending white light there and having mm. conversations, um, Mm. with whatever you believe this baby to be, you know, like they're, they're there and they can hear you and you can call them in and you can have your own honoring. You are a mother, whether your baby has made it to Earthside or not. Mm -hmm. If you have the calling in your heart, it will happen for you. I believe that wholeheartedly. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So I think number one is don't compare yourself watch the media that you're taking in and then celebrate it in your own way, whatever feels right for you. Some people it's going to just be shut it off binge a Netflix series and you just do that. That's fine. Like whatever feels good for you and then not feeling guilty about whatever that thing is that you choose. Right. Right. And if you feel that you want to, you know, celebrate it in your own way, celebrate is not the right word, but you know, Mm, honor honor it it in your right way, uh, your own way. Then, um, I would say to just have a quiet moment and connect in whatever way feels right for you. Right. And I love what you said, Angela, on your podcast episode, the same one that you talked about, where you said, you know, these circumstances are pushing you to become the person that you need to become. And your baby will align to you and your husband at that specific time. And you talked about how that really made you relax and really trust the process that everything that's happened to you has really been for the highest good. And especially on a day like Mother's Day, where you said it is magnified, it is amplified. It's hard for us to believe that, but I really think it is so important for us to try to hang on to that thought as much as we can. Yeah. You know, it, for me, it was a sense of freedom because I just was like imagining all these, like, you know, children that I could have had and, and, you know, and, and Mm. someone listening may, may, may be of that belief. And and I, I deeply meet you there because I know, I know how that feels. Um, but to imagine that like, instead this, the soul babe was going to meet me when I was ready, when my soul was ready, when my path was exactly perfect for that soul to align with me. And I, and I, and, and I mean, oh gosh, I could talk about this for so long, but I look at three years ago, Angela, on Mother's Day, 2017, and um, how she didn't have proper boundaries and how she gave herself so freely to everyone and how she really needed to learn how to mother herself Mm. and how much has changed in the last three years from how strong I am to what I can know that I can navigate to how empathetic I am for people to how I can meet people right in their heart space is different. And, and, and clearly that's what I needed to become to become a mother. And I'm still working on it clearly. Right. So I think you can find a lot of freedom in just letting go and trusting because I mean, anyone listening to this episode, what is our biggest issue? Time, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We fight time. The the timelines, the fertility calculator, the when would this baby be due? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And if you can find the strength to let go of that piece and trust that you don't get to choose the timing and that instead it's the best version of you to align with like becoming a parent. And and, mm-hmm. it, and and that's just our own journey, right? Like there are people that are not ready or fit to become a parent that parenthood completely changes their life in other ways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But for me, my lesson is different and I, yeah. I don't exactly... You know, no, I, it's not tangible, but I just know that I'm changing so deeply as a person. Each loss I experience, yeah. Um, that and we're learning that, those that things about are. ourselves that we need to learn that we might not otherwise have learned had we had not gone through this experience, right? Exactly. That's exactly it, right? So it's just letting go of this, you know, anchoring into being so obsessed with time and just trying to trust, even though I know that's so much easier said than done, especially if you're really in it. (laughs) Yeah. Just letting go of the way, the way that things are supposed to be. And I'm doing supposed to in air quotes here, but yeah, yeah, letting go of the way that things are supposed to be. Right. So how can people support someone that's dealing with infertility or loss on mother's day? You know, this is a tough one um, because every situation is so different. 
Mm -hmm. Right. And while someone, one woman might need all of the support and people showing up and checking in, another might need privacy and boundaries and to mourn her situation on her own. Um, I think if you have someone in your life experiencing infertility, asking them how you can support them Mm -hmm. is really the best way. Because for me, I go through stages where sometimes I'm like, don't look at me, don't talk to me. Like I cannot, I cannot discuss it. Right. And then there are other times where I feel deeply alone and I'm just so craving connection and to feel misunderstood or sorry, to feel understood because I'm feeling misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's a tricky question. I think on a, on a mother's day, how you can support someone, a heart emoji, how you doing, Mm -hmm. thinking of you like something very simple and not like, you know, tell me all the details of how you're feeling. It could, you know, or what's going on with the journey right now. Is it, you know, so many women, myself included, are on pause right now because of everything happening with COVID-19. Right. And so I think uh, it's a heavy subject already. And now there's a second layer on it. So if you have someone close in your life, communicating with them, how can I best show up with you for you would be, oh gosh. That's like such a million dollar question. And I love that. I love that asking that because I think a lot of times people in our life, our friends and our family, they're well-intentioned and they love us. They want to love on us. They want to support us, but they don't always know the best way to do that. So I think rather than assuming that you know what that person wants, simply just asking them, like, I'm, I'm here for you. Is there anything that you need? Like, let me know how I can support you today. Thinking of you, things like that. I like that. It's just like a nice gentle nudge, but you're not like, you know, kind of crowding them and just kind of being on top of them. So yeah, I love that. Or, or like projecting. So, so the biggest issue with anyone who has not experienced fertility issues versus people that have is that they will never understand. Mm -hmm. So they can put their mind into imagining what that might feel like. And often they react from that place, Mm. right? So telling you things like, oh, stop worrying. It's going to happen. Stop stressing so much. Maybe you should do some yoga. Maybe you should, all these like really inconsiderate things that I've heard Oh, you could just adopt. (laughs) Right. Like just so, 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 yeah, it's just so, right? And so, and that's just because people are projecting, right? Right. They will never understand. And so on the flip side, if you have a friend who is special enough to actually ask you what you need and give you like space to mourn, but be there like a brick of love, knowing that however you need them, they will be there. Hold them so close Mm. (laughs) because those people are so few and far between, right? And so really make sure to appreciate your people that show up for you like that because we as people experiencing infertility, particularly when others know about it, it's Mm. there's a a second layer of pain. There's losing a child or not being able to get pregnant, but then there's also what do people think and this other level of shame that we have to navigate. And so- there's, there's, oh gosh, we could talk about this for hours, but there's so many layers to this. <laughs> there is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, and I agree. I think even on Mother's Day, I think it's a, sorry, even during this whole era of COVID, I feel like this is another layer to it as well, because I feel like this is bringing up a whole other set of insecurities that women have. They're having fertility challenges like, oh, well, maybe this means that I'm not supposed to be a mother or now that, you know, I'm having, or we're going through this COVID, I don't know when I'm going to be able to get to my clinic again and resume treatments. And I'm, meanwhile, I'm just getting older and older. So there's so many different layers to it. So I really think that this Mother's Day um, is going to be difficult for a lot of women like yourself, like myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why, even though this is not necessarily the theme of my podcast, this is an episode that was really, really important for me to do, um, to invite amazing people like you so that they can hear from other women who, you know what, are still in the midst of it, but are still, you know, doing really well, still thriving, still being resilient in the midst of it all, right? And again, we have, we both have good days and we have bad days. Like I have that too. Like there's some days where I just don't even want to get out of bed. There's some days where people might text me and I don't text them back and it's nothing personal. It's just, I just need that time at that moment. So there's no two days that are really alike. Like every day is different. Sometimes it's even moment to moment, you know, but um but yeah, I agree that this COVID situation is just another another layer and already a you know really difficult situation. 
So Angela, what about partners? Do you have any tips on, you know, for partners on this emotional day? So yes, Anthony also logs out. That's my husband. Um, we both just find that that's the best for us and our mental health. Um, yeah, we like, I, I really, and and this is another one. I, I was just asked something along these lines on a call recently, and I'm still processing my answer to this because I know a little bit about your relationship and I think you know a little bit about mine and we're really lucky to have a communicative relationship where we can Mm. really express how we're feeling and navigate these big feelings. And one of us can be having a horrible day and the other can hold space and vice versa. And I will be the first to admit I'm like 20, it's 20 to one bad days for me to him, right? Like Mm. I'm, I'm a very emotional person. Mm -hmm. Um, and So I want to say, lean on your partner, ask them what they need, communicate with them well, but I'm not, it's difficult to fully give that as the answer because I also know that fertility can really affect a relationship and that not everybody has a beautiful communicative relationship. Right. And that that can make it really difficult to, you know, there we say there's levels of shame, you know, to what external family, family members might think like an example would be a mother or a mother-in-law, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but what about if there isn't communication in the relationship about what we feel, right? Like, and, and, and depending on what stage you're in a really natural feeling, particularly for, well, I, I was going to say for the woman, but actually, depending on how far you've got testing wise, like we, we aren't sure like where the infertility is coming from, if it's both or if it's one partner mm-hmm. and there's a real level of shame that comes mm-hmm. with that. So in my circumstance, although like in Canada, the testing that we're given, like I'm the picture of health, but it's like, I get pregnant quite easily, but I can't keep the baby. Right. Um, and so there was a level of shame that I navigated thinking like, oh, like, is he like not wanting to be with me or not loving me the same? He was never showing me that. It was just my own demons I had to work through. I've been there as well. Yeah, totally. Right. So I would say to hold space for each other, love each other, log off together, sell like honor your, your baby to be, or the babies that you've lost together. But if you are not there in your relationship, maybe make, make this just like step one of a, of a conversation of how, share how you're feeling and ask them how they're feeling. Right. Right. You know, cause sometimes that's just the first step. Right. Yeah. I, I think communication is so important here. And, and, you know, specifically with me and my husband, like, you know, we communicate really well, we get along like amazingly well, mm-hmm. but you know, one of the things we always vowed throughout the situation was that we would always tell each other how we feel because and I've never shared this story with anybody before, but you know, one day Danny was out, Danny's my husband. He went, he went out and that was a day that I was feeling particularly down about, you know, not being able to get pregnant. And I remember being, um, you know, in my bedroom and just like crying, crying, crying. And I was crying because he wasn't there. So that gave me the opportunity to cry without feeling like he had to feel the need to comfort me. And I was crying, crying, crying. And then he came in. I didn't hear him come in, but he came in. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you sitting here on the floor? Like, why are you crying? And he was really upset that I didn't confide in him about how I was feeling. And, you know, that was a day that we made an agreement with each other that no matter how we were feeling about the situation, we would always be open. We would always communicate. And I know for men, it's not always that easy for men to communicate mm-hmm. either. And, you know, specifically even with like African-American men or black men, there's, you know, there's also... A, a thing there where black men are always so open to being communicative as well, but that is definitely not my husband. I'm so fortunate that he's so open with me about that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Like sometimes we have really tough conversations about how we're feeling, how he might be feeling, how I might be feeling, but those conversations and that vulnerability brings us even closer because we're the only two people in the situation that really get it and that really yeah. understand. And I think you really need to take advantage of that and making sure that you're you're opening up with your partner, you're being communicative, right? Because again, that's that's your person. That's the only other person that really gets how you're feeling, right? Exactly. And and knows the situation inside right. and out. And you know, so that thank you for sharing that story because it's a perfect example of so often, especially as women, we feel like we need to go this alone. Yeah. 
And I'm, I'm positive that if people are listening to this, that there's someone listening that isn't communicating properly mm-hmm. and that doesn't feel like they have anyone. It's such, you know, there's so many layers to this, but one of the hardest things is the loneliness, mm-hmm. feeling alone mm-hmm. and like you're the lone wolf. Mm-hmm. And so bridging that conversation, bridging the communication, using Mother's Day as a way to start that. That is where I would start if you're not feeling deeply communicative or able to honor or or have these free conversations of how you're feeling or, you know, today we got an email. I hope this gives people hope that like the fertility, our fertility clinic at least is going to like slowly start reopening. And so, yeah, it was a great, so, you know, but if you don't have someone to celebrate that with, or you're, you know, it's, it's, you just have to really be. Uh, mindful that everyone is at a different stage and wherever you are, it's exactly what Trudy just said. It's starting with proper communication yeah. and, and, and just bridging that, like, cause they, you know, your partner has feelings also just like you right. do. Right? right. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, Angela, this was such an incredible conversation. Um, I know a lot of people, a lot of women are going to feel very supported having these coping tips and, you know, some of the things that you've shared. And and I'm so grateful again for you coming on to the Mind Your Body show, sharing your experience and sharing your tips. Um, And again, everybody, you can follow Angela at AngelaMcNally.com. Also make sure to check out her podcast, the Just Like You podcast. Thank you so much again, Angela, for being on the show today. Thank you so much. And honestly, you're doing such an amazing thing sharing this uh, this week. I think you're going to help a lot of people. I'm excited to listen to your other guests. So thank you so much. Thanks, Angela. Do you wish you could uncover the sabotaging patterns that are preventing you from reaching and maintaining your desired weight? Take my free quiz to discover your diet personality so that you can pinpoint habit forming strategies that will help you to achieve lasting weight loss. You can take the quiz over at TrudyEstone.com. Joining us today, we have Leslie Eastman. Leslie is an angel mom who, through her grief, has vowed to help women of color during their journey of infertility, grief, and loss. She is the founder of I Am My Sister's Keeper, an online support group created for women of color to connect who have lost a child via miscarriage, midterm, loss, or stillbirth. This is also a group for women who suffer from infertility. And I met Leslie about, I think, maybe two years ago now when I went to um, a fertility conference. And we've stayed connected ever since. And um, Leslie is definitely somebody in my world who I am so fortunate to have in my life because even on those days where I felt like, you know, as I mentioned before to some people who've been following me in this podcast community, I have gone through infertility challenges myself. And having people in my support network like Leslie has just been, it's beyond words, I can't even say. And it's so important to have that support and to have that network um, going through something like this because it's definitely not something that we can do alone. And we definitely can't carry that burden on our shoulders alone. So I would love to welcome Leslie to the show. Hi, Leslie. Hi, thank you. And my feelings are the same towards you. I could go through this without somebody like you in my life. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, Leslie. I'm so, so, so honored to have you on the Mind Your Body podcast. And if I'm completely honest, this is an episode I actually kind of debated whether or not I was going to do just because it puts you in a vulnerable place to be able to put yourself out there and to, you know, be able to talk about, you know, something that is just so deeply personal and to share that with the world. So if I happen to get emotional during this interview, I do apologize to <laughs> Leslie as well as all of the amazing listeners of the, the Mind Your Body podcast, but I got my box of tissue standing by. So <laughs> don't apologize to me because you and I might be crying together. So we're good. <laughs> all right, Leslie. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions um, just to kind of guide the interview. And the first question that I have for you is, what is your message to those women who are struggling with infertility and loss on Mother's Day? Ooh, that's a hard one. Because at the end of the day, um, nothing hurts more than wanting something so bad and right. you can't have it. Absolutely. So my only advice would be to accept what it is, um, acknowledge what it is, you are still a mother, even if you don't have your child with you. Mm, and I think that's yeah. the most important thing to remember is that just because your child is not here doesn't mean the pain's any less. 
you are still a mom. Mm, mm, I love that. And I'm taking a moment myself. <laughs> I, feel, I feel it coming on. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that because actually one of my friends had said that to me a couple of years ago, um, you know, while on this journey. And she said, you know, Trudy, although I'm a mother, she's like, I find you to be more of a mother than I am because you have all of the qualities as a woman that I wish that I had as a mother. So she's like, you are still very much a mother. So she's like, I need you to know that. And I was like, oh my God, I never thought about it in that way before. So I'm so glad that you said that because that was also a big aha moment for me um, Mm -hmm. as well. Just, you know, just because you don't actually have a child doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a mother. You could be a mother in different ways to other people in your life who are, you know, who rely on you. Exactly. And not only that, it takes a special kind of strength to go forth and to move on with your life, knowing what you've been through. Mm-hmm. And I think to forget about all of that and all that we've been through and experience is only doing a disservice to ourselves. Right, right. And I would also say, you know, to honor that journey that you've been through as well, because I think a lot of times, you know, whether it's infertility or loss or, you know, any sort of challenges that we face in life, we tend to beat ourselves up. We tend to judge ourselves for what we could have done, what we should have done. And I think, you know, it's really important to honor that journey that you've been through and honor everything that you've overcome. And even if it doesn't feel that way, you are stronger than the person that you were yesterday. Exactly. And you'll never be that person that you were. No. For all of this happened too, right? No. And I, and I sometimes say that to my husband too, like, I wish I could be the woman back in 2014, you know, who just got married, who had this hot husband. <laughs> I was excited. Girl, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Cause I got married in 2014 too. So. Right. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so, I get it. Know, and, I, and I say, I wish I could go back and I wish I could be that woman, but it's, I know I shouldn't say that because I've learned so much about myself and this journey has taught me so much about myself has taught me so much about my character has taught me so much about my resilience and I'm sure that you feel the same as well so I I don't think we should ever want to go back in time I think you know just how we progress in life is is a constant evolution and we just need to honor that evolution we need to honor that journey totally agree yeah so what what are your self-help tips for those that are struggling with infertility and loss on Mother's Day So what I didn't really appreciate before going through this journey was getting help and talking to somebody, Hmm. building a community, a support community. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I started the group, because I knew I wasn't the only one dealing with this. And I wanted to be able to freely express how I felt with people who had unfortunately experienced the same thing I did. Hmm. Sometimes if you have a friend who hasn't experienced a loss or infertility, they don't know what to say. And you tend to hold back just because it's so painful. Right. right so right. Um, I would definitely say if you can get some professional help, talk to somebody who's unbiased mm-hmm. and also be gentle with yourself. Pre-COVID, I probably would have had a spa day booked mm-hmm. um, and treated myself to a day out or something, but obviously this year it's going to be a bit different. Right. I'll probably do a lot of meditation and prayer uh, and just connect to my sister friends who are going through the same thing I am. I love that. And, you know, for those of you listening, Leslie has an amazing supportive community on Facebook, um, the I Am My Sister's Keeper Facebook group. And it's actually a group that I love to, you know, to partake in myself just because there's just so many different women in there that have so many different journeys and stories. And I've, I've just found it to be such um an incredible, you know, support network for me. And a lot of women in that group, I'm sure feel the same and are so thankful that you've started that support network. So, you know, absolutely agree with that. And, you know, another thing that I've done as well is personally, as I've joined a support group and I was very reluctant to do that. I didn't want to do that, but I joined like an in-person support group and just, you know, just hearing other women that have kind of been through that and just being in the same room with them. Like, it's not something that I wanted to do. And it was something that I had avoided doing for, you know, various reasons. Um, But I learned a lot about myself and where I'm at in my journey as well, just by, you know, being around those other women. And it was interesting because some of the other women in that group were, hadn't been on the journey as long as, you know, me and my husband, this was a sport group just for women, but you know, some women hadn't been on that, you know, journey as long as I had. So I didn't even realize this, that I had things in my toolkit that they needed 
based on where they were at in their journey and, you know, vice versa. So yeah, I love your community. And to touch on that too, um, being part of a support group, because we've done it as well. It's such a painful experience to go through. Um, Of course, initially you're excited because you can connect with other women, but there are days that I know I would go into the group feeling like I got this today and I would just be broken by somebody else's story. Mm. On the flip side, being broken down was uh, allowed me to be vulnerable and address what I was going through and to help me deal. So for other people out there who are saying that they don't want to do a support group for that very reason, do it. Just try and do it. I agree. Yeah. Because I think, you know, when you're able to be in a place where you're vulnerable, it helps you to break down your own walls that maybe you never even knew were up, or maybe you did know that they were up and you needed to do something about it. And it kind of gives you that, that extra push to be able to do that. I agree. Awesome. So how can people support someone dealing with infertility or dealing with loss around Mother's Day? So I think the most difficult thing is when others don't acknowledge what you go through. Mm. I'm fortunate where even my dad will call me and say, happy Mother's Day, Les. Um, my husband will say it. My family, my, my mother, my sister, my siblings will say it. Mm-hmm. So I think people just acknowledging that I am a mother uh, mm-hmm. helps. It. It's painful. It's a painful reminder. Right. But at the same time, just acknowledging that I too am a mother. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love, love, love that your family does that. And oh, <laughs> pausing again, because you know, I feel waterworks coming on, but that's okay. I just think there's just so much there. And, you know, I can't tell other families what to do to support women who are going through loss or infertility, but I love that. Cause I just feel like even with my clients, when I'm, you know, counseling them one-on-one with nutrition, I, you know, teach them affirmations or mantras. And I, I teach them to share mantras based on how they want to feel or where they want to be. So for example, it could be, you know, I am a healthy eater. And even if you don't feel that way to still say it. And I think the words that we use and the language that we use are so incredibly important. And I think it's something that we take for granted. But, um, you know, I would also say, you know, just being very mindful of just watching the words that you use with yourself and watching the language that you use with yourself because your mind hears everything that you say. And your body reacts to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most painful thing is for somebody to go through the day without being acknowledged Mm. or make them feel like they're forgotten or that their journey was forgotten. So, you know, when you talk to spouses or when you talk to just friends, acknowledge that you're this person has gone through a journey. This person Mm -hmm. has carried a child. This person is struggling to carry a child. So just acknowledge it. That's the only thing I'd say. Mm, I love that. That is so beautiful. I love that. Um, So do you have any tips for partners on this emotional day that is Mother's Day and how they can maybe support their partner? I don't know if I have tips. I know what's worked for me is that, like I said before, my husband is very supportive. Mm -hmm. He's very sensitive to the day. And I think too, my birthday falls shortly after. So it's kind of that week is a totally mess for me only because I'm dealing with so many emotions in terms of, you know, I don't have my child physically with me. And here's another year where I'm a year older without a child. So that week is a write-off for me. But the one thing I would say to partners is they probably too are dealing with their own grief. Right. And sweeping it under the rug and not even addressing your wife, your partner, um, it's not going to help either one of you. We always have like a moment where we just talk about our son and uh, how Mm -hmm. old he would have been on that day and what he probably would have been doing. But just having that communication or that conversation does a lot because I know my son, my husband honors his memory as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. And I think that's a great way to you know, to deepen and foster that connection because yes, although it's Mother's Day, it is it is a painful reminder for partners as well. And I think, you know, oftentimes men get left behind in this as well. And maybe we need to do another episode for Father's Day. I don't know, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know, um, 
men do get left behind on this journey as well. And then I, and I also, I think at the very basic level, like men are protectors, right? Yeah. They want to do whatever they can to protect their wife. And I think with going through infertility, I think a lot of men feel helpless, like they are not able to do anything for their wife. They're not able to support their wife. So I, I love that beautiful ritual that you and your husband have. And um, I might steal that. go ahead I do the same for him on Father's Day I always remind him that you know our son is always looking down on him and uh, his our son I know when our son was born he was born smiling and I say to my husband all the time that um, I knew he was smiling because he knew how much we loved him Mm. right so Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh God! In a moment here, guys. Like <laughs> ourselves, wondering what all the pauses are about. Um, Leslie, do you have any other words for women who are going through, you know, infertility and, and experience loss around Mother's Day? And, and it could be women who are going through infertility, or maybe just women who are where Mother's Day is just hard in general. Maybe they don't have a good relationship with their mother. Maybe they, you know, lost their mother. I have friends as well who have lost their, you know, have lost their parents. Do you have any other, you know, words of advice or you know, support for women that are in that situation? I don't know if it's necessarily advice, but the one thing that I keep on reminding myself is that once there's life, there's hope. Mm. And until you can't try anymore, until you can't um, just move on anymore because there's no more life, there's still hope. So don't give up. You Mm. know what I mean? Every day is a new day Mm -hmm. and just take it one day as it comes because there's we were just talking about this there are days when we go on about our lives and forget what's happened forget quote unquote and then there's other days where we're just so numb to the pain so Mm. once there's life there's hope and that's what gets me through it oh I love that where there is life there is hope that needs to be on a (laughs) t-shirt I'll get one for you and I (laughs) perfect Thank you so much for joining us on the Mind Your Body show. I'm so honored again that you were able to join us today and just give some words of wisdom um, and advice from someone who has, you know, experienced some really difficult times in their life with infertility. And I know that a lot of women are going to find what you've had to say very valuable and it's going to help them get through um, this difficult day. And please remember to, if you're going through, you know, infertility or loss or stillbirth or anything like that, please remember to join Leslie's Facebook group. Again, it's called the I Am My Sister's Keeper Facebook group. I'll drop a link in the show notes so you guys can check that out. Thanks again, Leslie. Thank you. Bye. I'm so thankful for Leslie and Angela joining the Mind Your Body show to talk about their own experiences as well as their coping techniques. And I hope you see that, you know, even in the midst of, you know, really difficult times and experiencing loss, um, and even if you're experiencing some fertility issues, there is some hope. So I'm hoping that you're able to take at least one strategy from either Leslie or Angela that can help you to cope when Mother's Day is hard. But I thought I would also share some of my tips as well that have worked for me. And, you know, this is a little bit of a different Mother's Day, too, where, you know, Angela and I had talked about it, you know, for a lot of women going through fertility issues, because with these turbulent times that we're living in, you know, there's already a big sense of uncertainty with the whole fertility journey. But then if you've been going through fertility treatments, which are now on pause, this can bring up all sorts of emotional turmoil, lack of control and despair. And this is for anybody who is experiencing any type of loss uh, during Mother's Day, whether it is, you know, loss of a child, loss of a mother, being estranged from your mother. Um, I'm really hoping that maybe some of these tips can help. So I have five tips uh, to share with you. The first one is to practice self-compassion. You know, this could be a podcast episode all on its own because I've had to practice this every single day and I still do. Um, You know, I now realize that my judgmental self-talk only deepened my despair and it was because I was lacking self-compassion. I used to be really harsh with the things I would say to myself. And even though I would never dare to speak to any of my friends that way, I was speaking that way to myself. And so repairing that was a major source of healing for me. 
And many psychologists and researchers agree that self-compassion, so that's empathy and kindness turned inwards, is the most important skill in life. There are two people that I credit with helping me with this, and one of them is best-selling author and motivational speaker, Gabrielle Bernstein, and I think I talked about her in another episode, uh, and the other is best-selling author and researcher, Brene Brown, and I highly recommend reading their books. Their books have a lot of um, just coping strategies um, and resiliency tactics that can really help you navigate a lot of difficult times in life. And Gabrielle alone taught me so much, but I really love this mantra that I learned from her, and that is to say, I accept myself unconditionally right now. There is something so powerful about this, especially when you look at yourself in the mirror and repeat that mantra. And always remember that your energy is your greatest source of power. Uh, Number two, I would say, you know, have some small ritual that helps you acknowledge the sorrow of the day. And, you know, I, I believe both Angela and Leslie had talked about that as well with some of the rituals that they have. Um, You know, this could be done if you've lost your mother or if you're estranged from your mother or if you're dealing with a miscarriage or infertility. You know, it could be taking flowers to maybe your mother's resting place to acknowledge her if you've lost your mother. Or if you're unable to get to her resting place, just buying some flowers as a symbol and having them in your home. You could do that as well. Or if you're experiencing, you know, loss or infertility, you can just buy some flowers for yourself and have that in your home. Right. Um, If you've lost a child or suffered infertility or miscarriage, it could be writing a poem or a letter where you address your feelings. You know, there is something so cathartic and healing about writing. And I didn't realize this until I took some expressive writing workshops. And it really helped me to release a lot of the pain that I was feeling inside and also helped to honor myself for all that I've been through. And there's also somebody else. um, There was Dr. Stacey Thomas, who was leading these workshops at one time. um, And she was instrumental in really helping me to understand Um, the power of words and the power of writing things down. I'll link to her in my show notes. Number three is to reach out to others who may be feeling the same way that you're feeling. And I used to isolate myself and I just wouldn't let anybody in. And I think a lot of that has to do with, geez, I feel like I'm being like (laughs) super open here in this podcast episode, but I think a lot of that has to do with you know, being raised by a single mother and my mom not always being at home all the time and me having to spend a lot of time, you know, essentially raising myself. And it's not that my mother didn't want to be there. She absolutely wanted to be there, but she had to do what she had to do to provide for her daughters. Right. Um, So I would say, you know, don't isolate yourself. Okay. There's really a lot of great comfort in connecting with someone, someone else who has your shared experience. Um, You know, so I would say to just find your tribe. Find a group of people who are dealing with grief, you know, over losing their mother or grief over miscarriages or grief over loss. Okay, Um, you know, a perfect example of this is that, you know, I had a few different friends who were going through, you know, separation and divorce and they were all mothers. And I love each one of these women dearly. And there was so much that there was only so much that I could do to support each one of them individually. So since I didn't have children of my own, I brought them together. And that has been such a powerful tribe, and they've learned to lean on each other for support. And personally, I joined a tribe of women who are dealing with infertility, and it's been really helpful to speak to others who get it and who know all the different emotions that I've dealt with on a daily basis. So I'd really, you know, would encourage you to find your tribe. Um, Number four is to honor the sorrow and the sadness and the loss, but don't get stuck there. We spend so much of our lives feeling like we have to always, you know, play the highlight reel of our lives and feel and look happy because that's what we're expected to do. But it's okay to feel crappy and sad and angry when dealing with loss or grief or when you feel like you're missing someone or something. You know, have a good cry. Look through old photos of your mother if that helps. You know, go someplace that reminds you of that person. Write a letter, even if you don't plan on sending it. You know, it's just important to do whatever you think will help you to express and experience your sorrow. Expressing your feelings is a way of honoring yourself and the experiences that have led to that sorrow. Okay, but you know, having said that, don't allow yourself to get stuck there. Find ways of getting release. You know, for me, it's either a good cry, (laughs) good thing my husband has some strong shoulders, or a great workout when I feel angry about my situation. You know, you are the author of your pages, and you can choose how to live your life now. So make a commitment to yourself and the person that you lost that you will take positive steps to recover 
and live the best life that you can. And my fifth and final tip is to acknowledge your feelings and also acknowledge that you're capable of holding two very different feelings at once. And this was a big one for me. Um, I've come to realize that joy and sorrow are not mutually exclusive, and it's possible to hold both joy and sorrow at once. I feel incredibly grateful to be around my sisters who are mothers and my nieces and my nephew on Mother's Day. And I also feel joy when I see pictures of my friends with their kids on Mother's Day. You know, having said that, at the same time, I can still hold sadness as well as wondering when it will be my time. And that's okay to still honor your sadness, you know, or grief or loss. Being in the depths of your own pain makes it difficult to feel comfortable in your own happiness. It feels like either one or the other must be a lie because how can you be both? Except they are. Understand that you can be the same person who feels unimaginable pain and sadness on a Wednesday and then party with your friends on Saturday because I know that's who I am and that's what I've done before. Like I felt like crap, you know, like maybe during the week, but then come the weekend, maybe there's a soca jam and I go to that with my friends and then, you know, I feel great. It's possible and also healthy to live and acknowledge both feelings. So, you know, in closing, I want you to give yourself permission to cope in whatever way feels healthy. I've learned so many different types of coping techniques and I use them based on how I feel or where I am. So again, it could be exercising sometimes, might be a glass of wine, might be a hot bubble bath, or it might be both, you know, wine and the bubble bath, that goes kind of good together. <laughs> If you don't want to participate in Mother's Day, don't. Spend the day doing whatever makes you feel happy, whether it's watching your favorite shows on Netflix, could be Tiger King, I don't know. <laughs> could be, you know, going on YouTube, listening to your favorite songs, or, you know, again, watching your favorite stand-up comedy routines. Again, it's whatever makes you feel supported and whatever works best for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to TrudyEStone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also, make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.